What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show, a time of recording. It is 8.22 p.m. on Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. And with me on the other end of this Zoom call is my best friend, Sam my Hannon. Sam, friend. Sam, say hi to the people. What's up, guys? Hey, it's good to be back uh, for our annual Fighting Fire with Fire. I know that we said we were going to do this on a weekly basis about a year ago. That fizzled out. We said, I, I wish there someone could do a supercut of all the times we say that we're going to try and do it more often. It's a great supercut. But you know what's actually going to make? There's one thing, Sam. There's one thing that's going to make us do this pod more often. What is it? I'm moving to California. You're moving to fucking California. Hey, well, we're going to have to, I mean, maybe we, maybe we do uh, not a rebrand, but coast to coast. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh. So, like, instead of fighting Cal- fire yeah. with fire, it's some sort of east versus west thing? Like, yeah, or, like, fighting fire with California fire. Yeah. Fighting, fighting <laughs> earthquakes. <laughs> fighting what California are- fires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fighting brush fires with, with, with winter, Boston winter storms. Um, yeah, I love it. You are on the pod because we have several things to talk about. We wanted to touch briefly on the awful killing of Dante Wright by a police officer in Minnesota. And yep. Yep. Not, not far from where George Floyd was murdered by police. So, I mean, I think it was like, I mean, 10 miles, maybe something along those lines, 10 to 14 miles. Unbelievable. Yeah. But, But it's not unbelievable. It's about as believable as it gets actually, because it's, it's just how the country is, whether Trump's president or Biden's president, that, that, that just doesn't change much. Uh, in terms of unarmed black people, specifically black men getting and boys getting killed by the police. I am somebody who has, you know, this is a fairly radical podcast. I would even go as far as to say, at least as far as I'm concerned, an anti-capitalist podcast. And I am somebody who has uh, maintained the stance of defunding the police. And I realized that that stance may be a little hesitant. And so I, I'm, I'm increasingly finding myself more firmly on the abolish the police entirely train. I'm, I mean, I'm fully on the abolish the police train yeah. because policing was born out of what was, it was born out of policing slaves. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it's a racist system. It's a fundamentally rotten to the core thing that if you try and break it down and build it back up again, you're not going to be able to do it. And they've also, they've also, I mean, this is a, just a quick bullet here, but a bullet point. They also have done studies on um, diversity in, in policing and found that police see their identity as, as being police above anything else. Mm-hmm. So you can't fix the system with you know by hiring uh diverse police um but another thing too is is it's just a maddening cycle when um police chiefs across the country try to explain away a murder of a citizen of a kid i mean he's 20 years old by saying it was an accident i didn't mean by saying our police officer didn't know the difference between drawing his taser and drawing his firearm Uh, her in this case her Mm. yep uh kim potter yep so drawing her taser versus drawing her firearm i mean they they literally they make the taser lighter and and a different feel for a reason because you're not supposed to mistake those things 
No. And I, I think I heard that she's a 26 year vet, veteran. Oh my goodness. Like, like, and you're making that mistake. It's just, it's unbelievable. And you know what? Mistakes, like actions have consequences, you know? That's what's so maddening about this is that I have a feeling that she'll probably get off. I mean, that's what, that's what this country is used to at this point. Mm-hmm. And we'll see with Derek Chauvin because that's, that's, in my opinion, a totally different, totally different case in which the blue wall has absolutely crumbled around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have cops, police chiefs, experts in the field um, testifying almost against him. Um, so, so that I think they're going to have, they're going to have some justice there, but it's, it's not, you know, system changing justice. It's just a one-off. So that's, yeah, it's a maddening cycle. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to fix it other than abolishing the police. We, you and I are, are on the same page, which I, one of the reasons we're such good friends is because I think we're on the same page when it comes to important things like this. And so yeah, we, we both are on the abolish the police train and that is rest in peace to Dante Wright and yep. uh, best wishes to his family. You can actually, when, when we post this, um, there was something circulating. There were like Venmos and, um, and cash apps that you could donate to that are going mm-hmm. to the family that mm-hmm. are verified. So we can, we can post that too. I, I highly, um, um, just asking people to donate like five, $10. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it, I think it'll make a huge difference, um, for this family that's going through such a hard time. And with, on that note, there's no good way to segue into lighter fare, our usual stuff, but we are going to talk about lighter fare, but this is still an emotional thing. And that's the fact that my best friend is moving away from Boston and moving to California. Um, I'm, I'm very excited and happy for you. And what are you most looking forward to uh, doing in San Diego? Well, okay. In the spirit of how was your day, I went to therapy today. Ah, okay, I've been, good. I've been, I've been going to therapy for a while and it's incredible. Even if you don't feel like you have issues, it's nice to talk to someone about what's going on in your life. Who's a third party. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, um, Hey, listen, my only thing that I'm worried about that I think about is earthquakes, fires, tsunamis, natural disasters. I mean, plenty. Like I, I told him, I said, California is ripe for an earthquake. So that's on my mind. He's like, but there isn't an earthquake happening. There might not be. There's no inevitability of this earthquake. You know, he's like, just, you know, focus on the now. He's like, and then we talked, it was funny. We've talked about, um, going down the rabbit hole of watching tsunami videos on YouTube. He was like, oh boy, I have gone down that rabbit hole before. Aren't they incredible? I'm like, amazing. I just am worried that one's going to happen to me. And I did have a dream recently where I was on the West Coast. I was on Venice Beach and I was with Joe Rogan of all people. We talked about him before the pod. <laughs> and these sirens start going off and people oh, start no. looking up at the sky and the sky is just like purple. And then all of a sudden, people are running away from the beach and we're standing like up on the street level, which is above the beach. And I just see this massive wave coming in and I'm like, what should we do? And he's like, I don't think we can do anything. So thanks. Thanks Joe. <laughs> thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah. The master of not doing anything. Um, and, but yeah, wow. so, so, but That's I'm looking nightmare. forward, I'm looking forward to the weather. I'm looking forward to being able to do weekend trips to cool places, mm-hmm. you know, drive up to Santa Barbara on a whim. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Malibu farm. If anyone's in Malibu, they have the best prose I've ever had. So oh I can't wait God. for that. 
And we're even talking about maybe driving to the Grand Canyon. It's not that crazy. Do it. Do it. So, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna miss my best friend and, and your whole and all network my, here, and all my other friends and my family that's all here. I'm gonna miss everybody. I don't know how long we're gonna be there. I have no idea. It could be forever. It could be a couple of years. I'm totally open to whatever happens. And um, that is the adventure that we've always talked about. I know, adventure. and and the, the benefit too is we'll have an extra room. So if anyone looking at you wants to come out and visit, <laughs> double finger guns wants to come out and visit, yes, um, you're going to have to come out. And also, God created FaceTime for a reason. He did. He created, God created <laughs> Zoom and FaceTime <laughs> and uh, for some reason banished Skype for a reason. Where oh are my God. you? Oh, Skype, Skype is an afterthought. Where are you? <laughs> Skype, someone needs to make the meme of heaven. And have like Skype and AOL Messenger up there in MySpace. <laughs> yeah, Napster. Limewire. Foursquare. Uh, Foursquare. Oh my goodness. Vine. 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 Yik Yak. Is that one? Oh my God. Yik Yak. <laughs> what are we in a time machine? I know. A time machine. Uh, we had other stuff that we wanted to talk about. We had sport yep. ball stuff. Do you have do you have your rundown handy from our pre-production meeting, Sam? Or yep. Just, yeah, we got um, to do before the sport so ball. So here we go. I'm going to give you a little rundown of what we got. I wrote it down. So uh, we're going to roll. Well, first, I need to know how was your day, but I'm going to give the rundown first, and then we'll do how was your day. <laughs> okay. Um, we got the rest of how was your day with AJ Rose. We've got did my grandma know where the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist paintings were? We got, we got Edelman and Eli. If you had to pick one to go to the hall of fame, who are you picking? And mm -hmm. is Edelman a hall of famer? I feel like that's a hot topic. Um, in New England, we got certainly. in New England, certainly probably only in New England. Um, Celtics briefly. They're finding their spark. Knock on Pretty wood. cool to watch. Knock on. Yes. Wood. I don't have any wood around me. That's okay. Um, and then drafting our, post-vaccinated normal activities that we're excited to get back to. What activities, and I just threw up in my mouth a little bit yep. saying that word, <laughs> are you most looking forward to? So first and first uh, on that rundown is how was your day with yours truly? My day was long because I homeschooled Lily and Ramsey's <clears> who are six years old. I've been taking care of them the last couple of months. They are delightful most of the time and infuriating a small chunk of the time. And that's all you can ask for out of these six-year-olds. We had a pretty good day. How are you feeling physically? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling okay. I mean, I just, I housed 10 wings right before we got on here. So I'm feeling like I just ate 10 wings, which isn't like great. Do you don't feel great physically after you <laughs> eat, eat a bunch of wings? Like, you know, that where you don't even sort of make a sound other than like eating or burping for like yeah. eight minutes. Was like, it, was it bone, bone in, boneless? Oh, bone in. Anybody who eats boneless wings is just cheating themselves because the way you eat a wing properly is with bone, but maybe I'm a snob about that. I'm a snob. About no, I mean, things. it's, I mean, boneless chicken wings are tenders. So I think we can. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. I got them from Yellowbird, which is one of the best places in Boston. It's in right in the line of Dedham and West Roxbury, Yellowbird chicken with their jumbo wings. And I ordered 20 jumbo wings, 10 barbecue, 10 Buffalo. I got them, got home to find 10 barbecue and 10 plain. Oh, oh God! You don't. Do, I thought you didn't do spicy. I don't do spicy, but buffalo with a, you know drowned in some blue cheese. Oh. Oh. These these buffalo wings are pretty darn good. Sam's making that's, prayer hands right now. They're pretty great. That's, that's why you got to have Frank's hot in the fridge all the time. And that's also why 
you get your heart broken by these 10 plain wings, which I now have to just either sadly dip in blue cheese or find some sort of sauce to toss them in down in the fridge, which we may do. But, but you can toss them in any sauce and drown them in blue cheese. It's true. Like that's, the I, I, that's the beauty of blue cheese. I love blue cheese. Love blue cheese. The best thing to dip wings in. Okay. But <clears> how <throat> I'm feeling physically pretty good. Uh, I'm a busy man between coaching and homeschooling and taking voice acting lessons. And, Amazing. uh, I just got an email today with an offer to sing in a wedding this, uh, summer on my mom's birthday, which I'm going to accept. <laughs> Sorry, mom. And you got it. It's the hustle. It's, it's the, the hustle, hustle, man. Feelings are going to get hurt. I talked to, uh, the GM of Beacon Hill pub, my beloved Beacon Hill pub yep. who said, AJ, when we can have entertainment again, you're my first call for karaoke, for DJing. It's really, I, I got a little emotional when he said that. <laughs> that, that, is, that is just master validation Yeah, right there. That's just top level validation. Love it. And I, I, I can't wait. There's the, the, some of the things I've missed most. And with that, we can get to what I think is going to be the spiciest, funnest topic of today, which is your anecdote about this netflix doc that came out about the isabella stewart garden museum in boston which has long been hailed as the museum to go to it's i haven't been it looks I've amazing I, I, we need to go and i feel like now that it's now that it's trending on netflix it's going to be like impossible to go now like everyone's going to be there yeah um the docuseries it's a limited docuseries it's called this is a robbery pretty catchy title yeah the isabella stewart gardner museum heist happened on St. Patty's Day in 1990. So imagine, I mean, it's a perfect day for a heist, right? Because everyone is wasted in the city. Yes. The cops are absolutely spent. I mean, like, if you're going to do a heist, it's going to be at like 1 a.m. St. Patty's night going into the next day. It happened you know? at 1 a.m.? It happened at 1 a.m. Oh, my God. So it was during, it was during the overnight shift. So I'm going to give you a quick little, um, quick little summary of what happened. So... These two guys show up in, in Boston police uniforms and they ring the doorbell and they say, I mean, this is movie shit. They ring the doorbell and they say, we're responding to a disturbance on the property. Now the guy who's at the desk just buzzes them in. So he buzzes them in through the first door and then he buzzes them in through the second door and the cops come up to him and they go, Hey, you look, you look familiar. I think we have a warrant for you. Come out from behind the desk. So he comes out from behind the desk. They, they put him up against the wall. They tell him, call your partner. So there's two guards on, on duty. They have the other partner come down. They cuff him and they say, this is a robbery. Yeah. So bad. I mean, I mean, like, this sounds like a bus and like a, this is like, uh, what's that uh, Ben Affleck movie? The town. This is town. like, this is, ju- this is just as good as the town. This, but happened in, this happened in 1990. There's somehow never been like a drama movie of this called this is a robbery like what no i mean that like we need it to happen we need it to happen this story is incredible little one hour anyway yeah keep going keep going they sold over the course of i think it was like 90 minutes they're in the isabella stewart gardner museum they steal 200 million dollars worth of art (laughs) some of them some of them are some of the most i mean really it's priceless because they stole uh rembrandt's um bad uh I think it's called Storm on the Galilee Sea mm. or Storm on Sea Galilee, something like that. It's Strong Rembrandt's, man. it's Rembrandt's only seascape. seascape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some, some Ever. jokes about that on Twitter, his only seascape. So they steal that. They steal a bunch of other art. 
um, and the art disappears. It just disappears. Like there's no lead, they can't figure out anything. Anyway, highly recommend going and watching this docu-series. Um, it starts out, it's a little slow in how they build it, but there's action here and there, but it, it picks up and it's really good. Anyway, Miles Connor is a notorious art thief from the Northeast, right? And um, he was uh, suspect number one originally. They said, where's Miles Connor? Classic two first name guy. Right, two first name guy. Miles Connor is in prison at the time. Mm. So it's not Miles Connor. But anyway, Miles Connor is an interesting character because my grandma was involved with Miles Connor. Oh my God. <laughs> so, oh my God. In November 1991, Miles Connor writes a nine page letter to my mom. During this time, she's a guard at the MFA. Your mom. The, the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Yes. She's a guard at the MFA. Um, years earlier, I think it was in the 70s, he joined a tour at the MFA. And during that tour, he took a Rembrandt off the wall and walked out with it. That's the 70s, man. So he had, he had a van waiting for him. These security guards who he said aren't like the security guards that they were in 1991, who were people like my mom, they were like ex-cops, ex-military. So he had a guy waiting with a machine gun by the door, by the back door, right? He said, we're, gonna, we're never going to shoot any guards, but we are going to shoot at their feet because they probably aren't going to pursue us after that. So they shoot at the feet, but he says this ex-Polish cop who's a guard at the MFA is undeterred. He's like, I'm getting that fucking painting. So he grabs onto the painting and they're at the van at this point and Miles Connor's in the van with the painting. The guy has, the guy has a hand on the painting and, this, and one of Miles Connor's uh, cohorts hits him with the butt of his gun and they slam the van and they drive off. So it's this huge, like, it's this huge heist of this Rembrandt, right? Just a casual, this guy is just casually walking through that MFA. But anyway, he writes this nine page letter to my mom. He's a master manipulator this guy. I couldn't even read his, I couldn't even read the whole thing because his cursive, it's so nice, but I'm like not great at reading cursive. So I'm like <laughs> missing words. I'm trying to decipher words. He definitely writes with this grandiose, right? Mm. That's, that's just like reeks of like, uh, he's just so full of himself, but he's buttering my mom up and he's asking her about the MFA and all this stuff. And anyway, I wish that I even understood what the letter meant. Um, but I'm going to read this uh, comment from, from my mom. Uh, it's, it's from Facebook. She says, my mother said she saw the art. She was declining rapidly from a brain aneurysm and died three months later. I was so wrapped up in her dying that I didn't ask exactly where. Oh, but it was in a, my fucking God. But it was in a storage unit that she had access to. I was cleaning her little apartment and had come across giant tubes that could hold rolled up art and said, please tell me this isn't what I think it is. And she said, oh no, but I have seen it. And I said, why didn't you tell anyone? And she made a gesture slicing her throat. Oh my God. <laughs> Basically, um, uh, from my understanding, my memory might be a little foggy around this, but when she was in decline, right, mental decline, she had stopped corresponding with some people. She, she was involved with this guy named Rocco, who I think knew Miles. Um, my grandma, like, 
I think really knew how to pick them. Like <laughs> she dated clearly like, in, in and out of prison, but I think Miles and Rocco were friends, possibly. Um, but she started getting these letters that were threatening because she had stopped responding to them and they were worried. They didn't know what she was going to do. So, so my mom actually years ago, uh, worked with some Boston police detectives to hunt down some leads on where this art might be with a $5 million reward. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that, so this is just the most fat because I forgot that she said she'd seen the art. Like that, that gave me chills. I'm like, you saw the fucking art. I mean, it's like priceless art that has been missing for decades. Sam, we have to write the script. You're moving to the West Coast. You have to, we have to write the script and you have to give it to we somebody. We got it. I, okay, so years ago. It's called, I, tried, I saw the art. <laughs> Sam gave me the eyes. Working title. We're, yeah, that's it's actually it's, it's actually not that good a title, but in any case, my grandma, my grandma, this is just a short anecdote. Lived a wild life. She had a lot of experiences. Knew a lot of really, really interesting people, and um, she was kind of a baddie. Clearly, shout so, out to your grandma, Sam. That's the I don't know. Got, I don't know how yeah. we're gonna go anywhere from that pod. All the, everything else. If you guys want to turn the rest of this pod off, we don't. Care. But, <laughs> What were you going to say? Oh, no. I was just going to say, if she knew where it was, she died with it. So. Amazing. It's, it's just, that is like, that's the movie. You know? Like, doesn't even have to be a grandma, the character. It's just, they die with it. Of course they do. I, I, just, want, I just want to flesh. I just want to take this on a blank piece of paper and just storyboard this right yeah. now. It's hard because I, so I tried, I tried to start writing a screenplay for this years ago mm-hmm. and i even called i even interviewed um the uh the director of the isabella stewart garden museum at the time mm. but i was i was young i was in college i was kind of an idiot i just called her and said hey I, i'm writing a script for a class and i'd love to talk to you about the isabella stewart gardner heist and she was like i really don't want to talk about that mm. and i'm like Okay. She gave me a, she gave me, you know, I asked her a couple of questions. She gave me a couple, couple short answers, nothing, nothing great, but she's in the documentary. And, um, I can't even imagine you get that call at like 8am. So basically just to cap this off, um, the, the next shift shows up and they can't get into the building because the guards are bound in the basement. Oh my God. And so she gets the call when, you know, the guards go in another door, the, the new shift and the director of security they go in like the back door, no guards to be, to be found. They're, they're seeing the, um, they're seeing the frames empty on the ground because they cut the paintings out with a knife. Incredible. So she gets the call and she, she is just like, what am I supposed to do? She'd been the, I think she'd been on the job six months. That's, but that's anyway. that. Welcome. Welcome to the job. Seriously. $200 million in 90 minutes. That- the, it's the largest art heist in the history of, of the world and, you know, the modern world. Obviously, cultures have had their right. artwork pillaged, you yeah. know, taken from them. So not, you know, maybe not the biggest, but in the modern world of modern museums, largest heist. Incredible. I have to, I want to watch that docuseries now. Um, yeah, you should. We have to go to even lighter fare now. God, that was entertaining. <laughs> I am, I got, my, my heart rate is up right now. 
it, it really gets me pumped up. I'm like, my sweet grandma <laughs> said that she saw the priceless works of like, I mean, just yeah. some of the most famous artists in the history of the world. Craziness. It's madness. Stolen. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about a man who's given us lots of good memories and a man who's given us some really horrible memories, Julian Edelman and Eli Manning. We're going to make this relatively quick, the, 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 yeah. the, the sport ball part of this pod. Julian Edelman announced his retirement, and we hope he has a happy retirement. We hope he has as many brain cells as possible left in his head. Please. We, know the, the, we know the man had several concussions over the course of his career. Um, I think he, he's probably better off than Wes Welker. Seems like it, yes. Uh, he retires a three-time Super Bowl champ, a Super Bowl MVP, second all-time in playoff receiving yards behind Jerry Rice, and uh, a very, very below average, as far as Hall of Fame is concerned, uh, regular season resume. 36 touchdowns, 620 catches, 6,800 yards, something like that. Yeah. Sam, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Why or why not? So I think yes. I'm conflicted here. But I think yes, and, and because I think the postseason matters. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the postseason is just as important as the regular season. When everything's on the line, he stepped up. He won a Super Bowl MVP. He won three rings with the Pats. He was one of, he was one of Tom Brady's most dynamic receivers, right? I mean, he's thrown touchdowns. Let's not ignore that. That's pretty cool. Yes. Um, and he's second in, in postseason receiving yards to Jerry Rice. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. That's, that's got to count for something. So I, I, I can see the argument against it, and I'm, I'm partially in agreement there. The regular season's pretty mediocre. But when it comes to, you know, I, I think where I'm landing at the end of the day is probably a Patriots Hall of Famer. Definitely a Patriots Hall of Famer. Um, Hall of Fame, I don't know. If, if, some other, if some other receivers get into the Hall of Fame, Reggie Wayne being one of them. Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt. Then I think maybe we can talk about Edelman because his postseason resume is insane. So this is basically the opposite of a guy who's in the Hall of Fame class this year, Calvin Johnson, who's yeah. utterly memorable, great, great nickname, Megatron. I think yep. he pl- he played in two, maybe three playoff games. Never won a playoff game. Yeah, and he was just he has the single season record for receiving yards. Uh, I think like nineteen forty six. I think the which it is. There's just Julian Edelman is just capital N O, not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> this is but, this is such an easy, quick decision. So here's the question I want to pose to you. Go on. Edelman and Eli Manning are your two options. You have to put one of them in the Hall of Fame. Who are you taking? The answer is Eli Manning. Eli it's Manning has a better Eli Manning has a better Hall of Fame resume. I, neither of them are Hall of Famers, to be clear. I yeah. I sports hate the crap out of Eli Manning. Not actually yeah. hate, but I sports hate the sports shit hate. out of that guy. That's a good distinction. Sports hate is good. Yeah, I sports hate the shit out of Eli Manning, and that dude went. 8-0 in those two Super Bowl runs and never won another playoff game and uh, just was 500, like you said, 500 as a starter in his career, his long-ass yeah. career, and threw a shit ton of picks. What a 1.5 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Yeah, that's horrendous. Here. That's horrendous. So the fact that he played for so long and racked up all these yards and all these touchdowns 
just by virtue of that gives him a, be- a much better resume than Edelman. And because, and it's, did, did he play in a pass happy era? Yes. Did he uh, benefit from a bunch of those great defenses? And those are the main reasons why they won yeah. those two Super Bowls. Yes. But well, also, I mean, you look at, you look at um, the, the Tyree catch. Right. Like without, without moments like that, mm-hmm. Eli Manning is not winning a Super Bowl. If they, if they, if Tyree doesn't catch that, but he still makes the throw to Manningham four years later, and he still has all these stats, he's probably still a Hall of Famer. If he wins that you, one Super Bowl and that one Super Bowl MVP, because he has two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs, yeah. even if he just has the one, but he got to the other Super Bowl and they almost beat the undefeated 07 Pats. But but don't you think? Game. But don't you think it's a more it's more impressive for a receiver to win a Super Bowl MVP than a quarterback to win two? Uh, Super Bowl MVP is kind of fluky and circumstantial. But yes, it's the receivers get it much. Uh, the reason Edelman won it is because that was a stinker of a game <laughs> that had That's one, true. that had one touchdown scored by Sony Michelle. And yeah, you know, that's why how Edelman, many yards did Edelman have? And I think game, he had 11, 11 catches for like a buck 53, something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, you don't that's even a, have to score a touchdown. That's, that's a, a great game. game, but just Super Bowl MVP should not be a big significant factor in somebody becoming a hall of hall of famer is Malcolm Smith. The guy who wanted for the Seahawks going to be hall of famer is Dion branch going to be hall of like, no, you know, no. Edelman had a great postseason career, and he just doesn't have that many catches, yards, or touchdowns. And there's just yeah. no way he would even make the fringe. Do you know how many effing Hall of Fame receivers are playing right? Like Larry Fitzgerald is obviously getting in. Um, a couple of other old receivers are absolutely 100% getting into the Hall of Fame before a guy like Julian Edelman is. Yeah. Oh, know? for sure. But yeah, it's not is yeah, it's not it's not is Julian Edelman going to be in in the his the first eligible Hall of Fame class? No, but I I think his his postseason resume is is almost good enough for me. And I, I think the the he'll be a Patriots Hall of Famer and he'll have three rings and a Super Bowl MVP and he'll be content with that. He doesn't have to be. Oh uh, yeah, he's going to be. No, he's going to be fine with that. I don't think I don't think he. I, honestly, I can't imagine he really cares that much. The the and and. Moving right along, the other Boston sports team, uh, the Boston Celtics, the one that I care about the most, they have been ravaged by COVID and by this abbreviated NBA schedule the same way every team has. By the way, shouts out, prayers up for Jamal Murray, who tore his ACL. Seriously. Uh, Just bummer city for all NBA fans. That Nuggets team had just traded for Aaron Gordon. They were hot, even though they'd blown that great lead to the Celtics on Sunday. What did what did what did Riff's man say today on Twitter? That uh, this season has made him reconsider NBA fandom and like the ethics of fandom in general. But did he say oh, something funny true. too? He no, he said something like, uh, "This year's injuries are more gutting than usual." They are something. They really are more gutting. Yeah, it's so true. LeBron getting hurt, Embiid getting hurt, all these MVP candidates getting Clay hurt. Thompson. Clay Thompson getting a his tearing his Achilles after tearing his ACL. Awful. Um, yeah. we hope all these guys come back healthy and this, we hope that the Celtics can just be healthy for the playoffs. If they're a top six seed and they're healthy for the playoffs and they get Evan Fournier back, who's currently in COVID protocol and Tatum maybe isn't feeling, um, the, the effects of COVID as much. Yeah. And he looks, I mean, he looks exhausted out there sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, I think there was, there was one memorable play where he went up for a dunk and got stuffed by the rim, you know, oh, really, no. really rarely happens no. to, to dudes like him. Yeah. Um, this Celtics team, I mean, the, the first half of what we've seen so far, 
Oh my God. I mean, the ups and, the ups and downs are agonizing. They were any, any given night, it could be great or terrible. And there was no consistency. And it was honestly hard to watch. And there are some games that I just turned off, even if it was like 15 points. I'm like, I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. They have had some great comeback wins. They had a good, their, their best win of the season by far was this Denver game where yep. Denver, Denver seemed to all just someone hit the off switch on them as a team. I, I don't even know what happens. In the fourth. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, how, I, how, how did they get outscored forty to eight in the fourth? Thirty-one to eight. Yeah, thirty-one to eight. But we we love the time, Lord. We love Robert Williams, and we hope that he continues to excel as the starter. He is. He's been great. He has stepped up. Let's just really he hope is. his his body holds up because we can't take anybody getting injured. So, uh, the other things. So, what else do we have want to talk about today, Sam? Before we get out of here, what do you got? On We're your drafting. Oh. Okay. Yes. Activity. Rank you next. So we're <laughs> rank you next. Uh, something we haven't done in a while. Uh, Sam, do you want to uh, receive the first half kickoff or defer? What are you doing? I'll defer. Uh, you, you're always with the defer. And I usually when you defer, I make the pick that uh, uh, you want to make, but I'm going to make the pick that I want to make because this is just the activity I'm looking forward to most. And yep. You can imagine what it is. Do you want to say it? Uh, I, I actually don't know. It's 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 karaoke. It's karaoke. Oh, karaoke. With friends. That is the least COVID. The friendly. least COVID friendly thing. The last thing that'll come back. Here's in fact, to, that's probably how you got COVID. It's in all likelihood how I got COVID was hosting karaoke on Thursday nights up until early March of 2020. Yep. And I'm here to tell you that the instant I can do it again, <laughs> I will be back in there singing my heart out. Do you know what my first, I've thought so hard, Sam, about what my first karaoke song back is going to be. Do you know what it's going to be? Uh, lovely day. That's such a great call. I've not even <laughs> thought about that. And that's a fucking, that's the right answer. Whatever my answer is. It's not my answer, but it's the right answer. Yeah. What's your answer? Rest in peace, Bill Withers. I've been listening to so much Bill Withers. Uh. God bless. God love his voice so much. You just as soon as Lovely Day starts and you hear "When I Wake Up in the Morning," you're like, "Oh, like I I can almost feel the sunlight on my skin." Anyway, it's uh, there's those those cartoon birds are at your window. Yeah, (laughs) like it's literally it's literally like that. That's what it. That's what it is. Anyway, what's your what's your song? It's Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger, which you, is a song that you know, but the words I just said make no sense. Yeah, they so make no sense this, to me. The chorus of it goes, I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Oh, yeah. I'm so hot. Oh, yeah. Hell. I love it. I'm not That's sick, but I'm not well. That is all of us. <laughs> I'm not is, sick, but I'm not well. That's the song. To a T. To a T. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my body technically feels good, but <laughs> I am in the shadow of darkness. <laughs> so I really just want to get on, get up there and scream, I'm not sick, but I'm not well, really loudly. That's, that's the yeah. song. Uh, Sam, what's your first pick for back post-vaccine activities? This is like... Uh, Totally not a selfish pick. Um, basically, I think it's going to be for a lot of people. That's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm leading off with it. Mm-hmm. Um, hugging my mom. Yeah. Yep. yep. Giving her a nice big hug. That's exciting. You haven't given her a hug in yeah. over a year. 
No, she, uh, but she just got the, well, I've given her hugs, but they're, they're weird hugs. It's like, you know, we're wearing masks and it's like a sideways, boop, yeah, boop, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, a double tap. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's great to see. It's not like a great mom hug. Like right. I want a mom hug. And yes. I'll take a dad hug too. I'll, if dad, if you're listening, I'll take a dad hug too. But yeah, my parents just got, um, they just got vaccinated. I think uh, round one, I saw that your mom got vaccinated my mom, round one. today. Yes. Shout out to Carol Bounds. I'm just, I'm just so happy that so many of the people we love are seemingly making it through it. You know, yes. like they're, they're like getting vaccinated and the lights at the end of the tunnel. It's incredible. It's incredible. Has your dad been vaccinated yet? My dad gets his second shot next week. Electric. 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 Do you know how electric it's going to be to be able to have you or Tian or Robbie over for the Celtics game? <laughs> do, you know, do you know how nice it's going to be to it's let gonna be somebody nice. else yeah. into this house? <laughs> yeah, I'm like literally the Rose family needs to let people in. <laughs> let, let people like, in. <laughs> let me in. Please, Eric Andre, uh, let, let me Eric, in. The, one of the all-time great. Just so let me in. <laughs> Have you? Okay, you'll probably hate this movie, but Bad Trip. Is it good? Is it good? It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Eric Andre is just so fucking off good. the walls. He's off the walls. He's one of the funniest people ever. Just, just but, in terms of, just in terms of making you belly laugh, he's up there with. It's, it's akin to watching Jackass or watching. You know, it yeah. really makes you laugh in your gut. Yeah. Oh, it's. <laughs> he's just a funny looking guy too. Like you're already, you're already like, what's he gonna say? Because this is gonna be good. Yeah. No um, matter what but, he says on his show, when he's just like, I don't give a shit about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's, one the, that's one of the, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's that's a that's a pretty i don't give a shit about baseball is a pretty um relevant statement yes right now for a lot of people across the spectrum mookie bets with conservative i'm out i know the red sox are actually good right and they've won a few games in a row and i'm just not gonna watch can't do it they, they started zero and three and everyone's like we knew that they were gonna suck and then six in a row we're back. First in, the, first in the AL East, up two games in the Yankees. Let's go. Let's ride Let's it go. out. Let's um, go. But, yeah, conservatives hate baseball now because the All-Star game was moved from Atlanta to Colorado. Yep. So, anyway, okay, so our top two, you said karaoke. I said hugging my mom. I'm Who going wins that next. head-to-head? Who wins that head-to-head? You do, decidedly. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. One nothing. One Let's nothing. Go. So Continue the do- bloodbath. <laughs> I, I, I was tempted to just do uh, a continuation of the, the sort of the bar theme, which is just yep. sitting, but no, no, no. The, the answer is yep. Yep. getting this. The, the answer was going to be sitting in a bar with friends and having a drink. Yeah. The answer yeah. is sitting in a friend's apartment on a couch, like seven or oh. eight of your friends from different yep. places, just yep. sitting and doing something, even if you're just eating food or watching yep. a movie or whatever. Whatever you're yeah. doing, just seven or eight people sitting together in an apartment. <laughs> what? I, I, I so you were gonna say in a bar. I was gonna go with your pick. Yes. I was gonna make the differentiation there yes. and say it's actually sitting in in someone's apartment and hanging out, or just being able to go to someone's house and hang out oh. without having to calculate. But I, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take. I'm worried about your next pick, honestly. <laughs> I, I've got one in my head, and I'm like, do I? Do I do it now or do I let you steal a bar one? I don't know. I'm going to go 
I am going to go meeting friends out for a drink. Yeah. Without having to think about COVID. Cause we already, I, cause I already kind of do that here and there. We'll go grab a drink with someone we know. Sam, the mother fucking ambiance. I miss it so much. I miss the sound of people laughing and having fun drinking with their friends. I'm drinking with (laughs) my friends. Some sort of Bruins, Red Sox, or Celtics game on. There's somebody yelling at the TV. There's somebody asking loudly for their drink. Like, I miss it so much. I never thought I'd miss, like, wading through a crowd of people at, like, a shitty bar. Yes. Like literally like people breathing all over each other. (laughs) We're going to have to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to all have some collective talks when this is all over because people coughing at a 90 degree angle on the train, that's not okay anymore. Not at all. That's not okay. Elbow or you get tossed off. Sneeze, sneeze on the hand, grab the, grab the uh, (laughs) rail, grab the pole. Not acceptable anymore. Not at all. I mean, you have to, if you're sick, you should wear a mask from now on. Period. Like, and I think I think that will be the case. If you have a cold, you have to wear a mask. Wear a mask. Boom. We used to go to the office so fucking sick. <laughs> I mean, like, like really sick. Like, I, I'm not running a fever, so I'm going in because I don't have my work stuff and I don't want to waste a day. We'd go in and we'd get other people sick and everyone's sick. But it just wasn't the coronavirus. It was just the common flu, whatever it was. But, there's, um, there's easily going to be positive influences, uh, positive effects of people being masked up much more often than they were previously. Yeah. Whether whether it's uh, on the train or if you're feeling under the weather or you know people being able to work from home and stay at home, like having sick days where you just work remotely is going to be way more yep. acceptable. It's all exciting. So now I'm making my third and final pick. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Go for it. So I have karaoke and sitting in a, in a friend's apartment and. Number three is something that I'm looking forward to that may or may not have already happened, which is playing pickup basketball five on five, maskless. Maskless. That's an important distinction. Playing maskless, like we played and there were masks on. I cannot wait to play basketball fully maskless. Yeah. Just going balls to the wall with people full court again. Yeah, I can, I just it's just my favorite thing in the world. I think. Yeah, spitting. Yeah, no, sweating, spitting, <laughs> sweating, sweating, and and just grinding up on you, needing you, talk, wanting you, talking trash. <laughs> just 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 picture Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, and along came yep. Polly, and that is what I yep. want to do. I want to be yelling old school and just just careen, first skins, careening first it off skins. the backboard. <laughs> R.I.P. Let it um, rain. My third and final pick is going to a Celtics game. Oh! Slash. Slash. Slash a sports game. Sam! (laughs) Like, do you know how much... We went went to a fucking Bruins game in, like, late February 2020. That was... I didn't know that that was going to be the last time. We got... You know, I got, like, a hot dog. We fucking drank beers and, and vodka sodies and we're with our best friends in the area, you know, not really, but like other fans, you know, everyone's just like having a great time, yelling, chanting. It was, it was amazing. And I didn't know that that was going to be the last time. The first game back in the garden, which I anticipate once my dad and I are fully inoculated that we're going to go to a game maybe this year. Yep. I, I anticipate that. But it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But then the first game back 
next year, when they can have full crowds again and you can have 18,000 people back in that building, there are going to be waterworks everywhere. They're going to be, there really are going to be so many tears like the first time you do any of these activities. Like there's going to be lots and lots of emotions. Right? Thinking about going back into the garden and just the 15 minutes before the game when the teams come out and are playing and warming up, like I'm just going to be looking around at everybody crying. <laughs> and and I bet you the Celtics are going to do this huge thank you to the fans. It's just going to be <laughs> so emotional, so raw, so emotional. Yeah, so raw. I I there's nothing like it. I miss it so much. I the watching the games, the NBA bubble was as good as you could have possibly wanted, but it's not the same. None of these sporting events are the same without no. the fans. March no. Mad March Madness was pretty good. That UCLA we haven't even mentioned the UCLA Gonzaga <sighs> was all time shit goosebumps but it wasn't it was only 98 percent as good as it could have been because the fans weren't there that game was fucking bananas it was awesome i last thing like i loved watching the fan the fan videos the ucla fan videos where they're all at a bar or whatever and they're like yeah they're screaming and then they're like oh my god within (laughs) like five seconds it's like a celebration to an absolute silence in five yes. seconds. It was like watching when uh when the Bruins came back when the Bruins came back against the uh, Maple Leafs. Did you yes. ever see those videos where they yes, came back? The, I don't know how many goals, but it, they were down four like, one, and there's Maple yeah. Leafs fans and just the 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 goal by goal them goal by descending goal. into hell. <laughs> <laughs> so awful. It's, it's like so that's bad. like that's like fucking that's like that's sports porn right there. Yeah. It might be a long time before Bostonian fans get any, any moment like that again. And we don't deserve any of them for like 30 years. No, we don't deserve no. to have one for 30 hey, years. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. The Celtics are fucking good. They're good. The Celtics can be. They can the Celtics be good. can be. Well, what I'm saying is they have a oh, fuck ton the, of potential. Right, right. Because they have Brown and Tatum locked up for five and three more years, respectively. Yeah. They're in a position to be very good for a while. You can build, yeah, you can build around them. I think the Celtics are going to be really good. Uh, the Bruins are decent. You know, uh, the Red Sox may prove us wrong. I the don't Pats know. Are, the, definitely Pats, not the Pats are drowning in above average tight ends. Unless they pick up a certain Jeopardy host. Oh, Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. You, you stop it. You get out of here. He's not playing Imagine? for Imagine? Imagine? I would, I would lose my mind. I that, would, that's I, my like, head would explode. You know that I have kneeled at the altar of Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback for yeah. years, but there's no way he's playing for any other team. Um, Sam, do you have anything you want to say to the people before we skedaddle? I think you won that ranking next. I think you won. Thank you. That's, you that's, really, that's really humble. It's a really humble thing to do. Yeah. It's the uh, right thing to do. It, what's your first karaoke song back? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big karaoke singer, but uh, you can't, you I'll can't probably sing. Love to sing. Um, Love music. Let's get it started by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you just go up to the mic and you look. You do that. You go. And the bass keeps running, 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 running. running, 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 running. Imagine, dude. I'm so hype. I'm ready. I'm hype right now. I'm hype yeah, right now. That's hype. Oh, Sam, this felt good, man. We have to do this more this often. Felt really good. Uh, I didn't feel any cobwebs. I, I uh, feel like when we listen back to it, it, we may be a little cobwebby, but it still felt good to be back this on was the court, the, you know? This was the best one we've done after a long period of time of not doing that. <laughs> our first hiatus-breaking pod, our best hiatus-breaking pod. 
Uh, as always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire. Follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. Um, shout out to Eric Leroy Simpson, our number one fan. I love you so much. Uh, love you, Eric and Megan. Shout and out Megan. To, to anybody who may be listening, to Joe, to Claire, to my parents, to Jenna, to whoever. Anybody who might be listening, this is very exciting. Uh, fuck Mitch McConnell. Die, Mitch McConnell. Please die. Oh, my God. Die and, like, burn in hell for eternity. Uh, Sam, For Sam Hannon, I'm AJ Rose. <laughs> Abolish the police, and we will see you guys next time. Cheers. Peace.